0: From the Kramer Basketball Headquarters in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, you are listening to the Coach's Edge Podcast, powered by Edge.coach. Here is your host, Steve Kramer. Welcome to the Coach's Edge podcast, dedicated to teaching, sharing, and learning the game. Thanks for jumping in with us today as we talk about some of the top summer basketball tips for you as a basketball coach. I'm joined by Coach's Edge contributor, Coach Anthony Troshak. Coach, you brought up this idea for a podcast a couple of weeks ago when we were recording our last one. Tell us, you know, how did you come up with this idea? And I think it's perfect timing for the month of June that we're heading in.
1: Well you already mentioned it. Timing was number one and two, you know, maximizing that summer time. I think that is a true separator um from, you know, good teams to great teams, from average teams to good teams is maximizing their time just in general. Um so how can you start getting the ball rolling in the summer to basically, you know, get the get the best out of your team and, you know, improve as much as you can especially cuz if maybe you got limited time and you don't see them a ton. So how can we maximize that time to improve
0: absolutely love it and so before we dig in because we're going to ping pong back and forth we got about 10 ideas and we're going to share those ideas coach tro came up with some i came up with some we'll comment back and forth i think this could be fun but just as important coach tro you're kind of a, a big deal up in charlevoix with some of your students because of this podcast you showed something to to be today can you can you tell our listeners like what happened this is kind of a big deal
1: I think it started as a Google search and then it turned into them, I don't know, drawing pictures of me and you actually. So, so they had a, uh, they had um, one of our YouTube podcasts and they somehow were listening to a little bit of, they actually took one thing I said, like it was a quote that said it all comes back to John Wooden and they like drew a picture of me fist bumping John Wooden. So that's a shout out to Connor. If he's listening right now. Then Aaron, um, who's also drawing some, some pictures. Um, she took like the, the cover page of me and you, and had like the little CB, the you know grammar basketball logo on you. So uh, I don't know. There's kind of a, a friendly competition between those two of drawing pictures of me. I Don't ask why, but uh, I find it hilarious.
0: Wow, this is. I mean, you know, you've arrived in the podcast world. You know, especially as a coach, as a teacher, when your kids are, you know, drawing quotes from you from podcast interviews when they're you know the the one picture you sent me on the top it said dedicated to teaching sharing and learning the game i was like they're paying attention like they are locked in they for them to put that quote up on the top that told me you know if you listen to one maybe you don't think like that's something that you know we really try to emphasize but if you look up on some social media listen to numerous podcasts you know that that's something that we try to emphasize throughout and so i'm like they they've listened to multiple episodes like i was just super super impressed Um, So you're doing a great job, and uh, you know who knows. I can't believe that we're shaping young basketball coaches as early as junior (laughs) high. Because you know, here I thought we were talking to like adult, grown people coaching. But hey, we got a wide listener base apparently. So
1: yeah, they're they're fresh. They are freshmen, and um, yeah, Aaron has attention to detail for that that quote. And I think it's just funny because they like, you know, they search a teacher's name and they don't expect to find much. Because I don't talk them. I'm not like saying hey, I'm on a podcast. I do this and that. I tell them a little but they're like probably super surprised to see that. Like, out yeah. there, like oh, people actually viewed this or listened to this, you know, like, Oh my God. <laughs> so I think they find it funny and just, I find it hilarious. Uh, that's
0: awesome. That's awesome. So um, big time stuff. So as we're getting into, into this episode, top summer basketball tips, what's one thing that comes to mind that you emphasize to coaches to get the most out of their summer?
1: Uh, first of all, uh, and this is, I'm kind of leading with this because I think it's a foundational piece um, for other things I'm going to mention. And that is, you know, player led teams. You know, pl- there's a quote, I believe Tom Enzo said, you know, player led teams always are going to go further and do better than coach led teams. And there's other quotes and sayings that uh, kind of uh, reiterate that. But anyway, you know, as coaches, we always talk about we want player led teams. We want our players to lead. You know, some coaches might even go far. I wish I had better leaders. We just don't have leaders. Now, my question to myself as a coach and to other coaches out there is, well, how can we do that? You know, and how can we do that in summer basketball? And where summer basketball is a little more laid back, it's a great opportunity to develop player-led teams. And a couple of ways you do that is maybe you let the players lead the timeout. All right. So every, you know, stoppage or, um, or even in between your quarters, if you're playing quarters or halves or in between your scrimmages, the players maybe lead the first part of it, you know? And they give feedback and you can even rotate. Maybe you start with your seniors. And I've done this for like our seniors where I've paired players up, you know, Caleb and Anthony are going to, I'll lead this, this first time out. All right. You know, Calvin, Andrew, you're leading the second timeout, All right. So they're engaged and they like, oh, I gotta, you know, I gotta make sure I'm engaged. I gotta make sure I'm focused. And I gotta give, um, you know, feedback to the team. And we talk about like, what, you know, what type of feedback we can give specifically feedback, what do we need to improve on? Um, what are we doing well? So that's kind of where I start. Like, hey, what are we doing well? What do we need to improve on? Things like that. But they're leading it. Um, even huddles, you know, halftime. I might say, all right, you know, we don't have a lot of halftime. You guys got two minutes. Let's talk. Let's bounce some ideas off each other. What are we doing well out there? Boom, boom, boom. Or what do we need to improve on? All right, all right, good stuff. And then I'll provide my feedback at the end if they, you know, miss something or I need to kind of reiterate that. So opportunity to let the players lead is number one um, for me absolutely love like. it and
0: from the coaching side you can really see who's locked in who's paying attention who really wants it when you you sit back and let the coaches or the, the coaches the players be the coaches in a lot of those situations yeah I, I love it and my mind goes off of something that you mentioned to me a couple of weeks ago and i really hadn't thought about it like that but when you brought it up to me i was reminded of yeah that's just something that coach gainforth my high school coach did all the time and so I'm, I want you to actually share the story, but but my number one is, <clears throat> goes right in line with, with what you mentioned, was let the kids play and coach less, right? But, but tell me your story and your experience with this and, and what you brought up with me about a, a certain scrimmage, I believe it was.
1: Yeah, so when I was at Caseville, USA was um, over there scrimmaging, and I was watching them play. You know, I know they're a great program, so I'm kind of curious I know coach Kane Forth is a great coach so this is probably my like first time actually seeing them interacting with him and he was cross-legged sat back both arms sprawled on the two chairs next to him and it was just like he was I was just hanging out you know sitting on the dock or something and I'm like what's going on and you know not a lot of like on-court instruction when players come off he'd give them feedback and I kind of talked to him a little and just you know like, hey you know just some small talk and and he basically kind of, he, he's the one that brought it up. He's like, yeah, I just want to play in the summer. Like, I don't have any inbounds plays. I want them to get out there. I want them to learn how to play. I want them to have freedom. I want them to, you know, have independence. Um, and basically, you know, he felt like that was a way for them to grow and improve and be leaders, you know, be player-led teams. Um, so it was just kind of an interesting, um, interesting situation that I didn't expect to, to see. Um, but yeah, you know more about it. So I guess you were, you know, you experienced it firsthand. So tell us a little bit about, um, you know, let the kids play and, you know, coach less.
0: Yeah. So, you know, that's what I put on there. Let the kids play coach less. That was my sentence coach Tro, as we were preparing for this, this podcast. And I think that as a player playing for coach gain force and scrimmages, even in the fall, when we were scrimmaging, um, you know, very little coaching. And, and for most of us, It was, you know, we put a heavy emphasis on defense and overall like player development in the preseason, Uh, not really any strategy and X's and O's, things like that. Um, I shouldn't say any, but not much on the offensive side, really until we started to get into, you know, right up into our games. And it built a lot of leadership, independence within the players, a lot of trust within the players uh, out on the court. And it gave the players, a lot of room for growth, right? Because they weren't being handcuffed by the coach saying, Hey, you got to do this. You got to do this. You have to do this. And, you know, having four brothers that also came up through the USA basketball program, you know, there were times where it was frustrating too, because I'd be watching a scrimmage and I would see the other coach has his kids executing better because they got the place. They're putting this out of bounds play and maybe they get a quick bucket on a, on a blob play, or maybe they have a, wrinkle on defense where they do a specific thing and maybe there's a certain set that they're running. And then my brothers are out there playing and there's no plays at all, right? They're literally nothing. And I'm like, man, they actually lost this scrimmage. And if coach Gainforth would have actually done some coaching, they probably would have won by like 15 or 20, right? But, but they're literally just out there playing. Now he's got the kids bought in, so they're playing hard. They're playing to win 100% but his view from the coaching side is this is an opportunity for my kids to grow. So here's, here's what I want to emphasize as I finish out this, this piece and we'll move on. He's got the players playing to win, but as a coach, he's coaching for growth. So the players are still playing to win, but he's coaching for growth. And sometimes that means letting the kids play and coaching less. So that's just the thought that I want to leave you with, with this number one.
1: And just to kind of wrap it up too, I want to, you know, reiterate what you said, they, the kids played hard. Like he didn't need to coach effort for them. They they right. played hard and they also kind of held each other accountable. You know, he wasn't out there holding combo. It was just kind of like, this is, this is how we do things. And it probably took, you know, some years to get, to get to where that was. Um, and the other thing, like you mentioned, those for growth, I saw that like mistakes were okay. You know, if the if the players made a mistake, he'd coach up on it and not, you know, there was no yelling or demeaning. It was, hey, let's get better. You made a mistake. This is summer basketball. Let's get better. So those are some other things I, I saw on you know, as you were telling that mentioning those things or telling the story and mentioning that I, I wanted to include those. Um, but moving on to two, um, kind of like with summer basketball, you are really starting to form your team identity. Um, and if you have an opportunity to have like a pre-summer meeting, we talked to Coach Mez. You know, South Carolina, he's been on the podcast, right? Has he been on? He needs to be. The guy's awesome. He's but been on anyway, the podcast, yes. That's what I thought. I've, you know, I know he's been on the Coach's Ed meeting, but he talked about like verbs. So ask your players, like, you know, how, how would you just, how do you want to be described? You know, how do you want to be described as a team? And use those verbs that the players give you to kind of help form your identity. And along that, help form some like non negotiables. So you implement your non-negotiables, meaning like in the summer basketball, like if you don't hustle, I'm just going to sub you out. Like it's, it's not, I'm not going to yell at you. I'm not gonna, you know why you're coming out. I'm going to coach you up on it. You're going to get another opportunity. But like you tell them and you're clear with them, hustle is a non-negotiable. You know, it might be sprinting back on defense after you make a mistake. That is a non-negotiable. If you make a mistake, I don't care that you made a mistake. We're out here to grow. But if you don't sprint back, I'm going to sub you in. I'm going to have a talk with you. You get another opportunity, but you're going to come out. Um. It could be, you know, pointing at a teammate. Maybe one of your non-negotiables is just being a good teammate. So every time a teammate throws you a great pass that leads to a shot, you point at him. All right, that could be a non-negotiable. coaches have a million. It could be communication. If you're not talking on defense, all right, that's a non-negotiable. But again, I think it's so important to make sure that the players understand it and limit it, especially when you're implementing them at the beginning of summer, to, like, limit to a couple. So that way, they can really just focus on those things. That these are our non-negotiables. We're implementing it. It's part of our team identity. We're gonna implement it in the summer. It's gonna carry over to the season. And you know, what you permit, you promote. So if you permit a player to jog back on defense to hang their head, you're basically promoting that. All right? And that's where you got to stop that right then and there in the summer to um, form your identity. To you know, to have your standards and you know, have your players hold each other to the be accountable to those standards. So that was my number two is implement your non-negotiables and basically, you know, form your team identity.
0: Stay consistent to those things, right? You call it your non-negotiables, your principles, your standards, whatever it is you call it within your program, but that has to be consistent and you can't let it slip. Or maybe you let your best player slip, but you hold somebody else accountable. Players can see that, right? That's being hypocritical, right? Let's be honest with each other. That's being hypocritical. If you let your best player get away with certain things, maybe they're more talented put their head down, jog back on defense, but but you make sure somebody else, you get, you get on about that, everybody holding them to the same standard. And that's how we really get the most out of our team and the respect from our players to one another and to ourselves. That's, that's great stuff right there. Another one that I had Coach row was helping your players design their own plan for improvement. You get a chance to talk with a ton of coaches, especially during the spring and heading into the summer as we run, run our camps and I wonder as a team, coaches have a great idea. The coaches I talk to at least have a great idea of what they want as a program moving forward from the skill development standpoint, from the the strategy, style of play. I think the coaches that we talk to are really great coaches and really have a great feel for what they're trying to do. Um, But I would say the next step in that, and some are doing it, but I'd say not everyone is, is helping your players really develop their own plan, right? Players are gonna have different roles, different strengths, different weaknesses, different responsibilities, as far as what their, you know, responsibilities are gonna be out on the court. Can we help them create what that plan for improvement is gonna look like when, okay, maybe you're doing a four-player workout in the month of July, do they have a good idea coming in when you're working them, what you're trying to emphasize, Maybe it's relocation, catch and shoot threes, but they're not going to put it on the deck a whole lot. Maybe there's somebody who's you know really dominant right-handed. We got to work really hard on ball handling this offseason and being able to make sure that, hey, we can go left, we can go right. We can get into the cracks of the defense and then get the basketball out or finish all the way at the rim. Do so the players know? one, the direction that you're going as a program, but two, do they have a clear cut idea of what their responsibilities are going to be next season? Knowing that those things could change, right? But enough that they can go in. If they were on their own in the gym, they could go in for an hour, right? You open the gym up, you let them go, you let them do their thing. And you know that the things that they work on are going to be, are going to translate to what they're actually going to do throughout the course of the season. I want to make sure that as coaches, we've communicated that clearly to the players that we're working with throughout the course of the summer. And then once we've communicated it clearly in the beginning, can we be consistent with it throughout the course of the summer to make sure that we're holding our players accountable? We're reminding them of of some things that they need to continue to work on, because let's be honest, this is not just in basketball. This is life. There's a lot of things that we need some growth in. We need some improvement in, not necessarily what we want to do, right? Right. And so, yes, basketball's fun. We want to strengthen some of those strengths, but there's also some, some liabilities that might be holding us back. We got to make sure we're investing the time to improve in that specific area. That's my number two.
1: That, that's a great, you know, great point uh, for summer basketball for coaches heading into the summer. And, you know, we did something similar in the past just to speak on that. It was during COVID, uh, that summer of COVID, and Coach uh, AJ Burton, another contributor to the coach's edge was on a, a Zoom call and he had our players come up or with a scouting report for themselves. So that was their assignment. Whereas like, you know, yeah, we hand out scouting reports. So at Brown City, we did, and then they had to come up with a scouting report on themselves. And they, then the next step was that summer during COVID, we had to come up with a plan of how, how we're gonna improve. You know, how can we eliminate our weaknesses on a scouting report? But yeah, giving them something that is you know clear and concise that you're transparent with your communication is great. Um, as far as you know, allowing players to create their own you know plan for improvement, and you well you're obviously helping them out you know as a coach, um so that's good stuff. And jump into on uh, my number three is
0: we'd like to thank our sponsor for this episode, Richardson Automotive of Standish and Gladwin, serving Mid Michigan and the Thumb with their big three automotive needs. They have a wide range of products from Chevy, Buick, Ford, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, and Ram. And they also have a large selection of pre-owned vehicles with one of the largest selections of trucks in the state. They are sure to fit your needs. Standish and Gladwin are truck country. Richardson Automotive of Standish and Gladwin, they are all about service. And I can tell you firsthand from purchasing a couple different vehicles from Richardson Automotive, they are all about service. Stop in and see them today. They will get you right.
1: Track what you want improved. So, this is these next two points are more, I guess these next three points actually are more specific to like your games and your scrimmages during summer. Um, you don't have to track everything. I would just say, what do you want to improve this summer? Maybe you, one focus might be shot quality. And you can use the scale that we talked about on PGC as a scale. Same one, very, that's basically where we, you know, coaches have to use some PGC scale for um, shot selection. Um, but, you know, if you, Maybe you just want to track your shot selection. And you could do that, just have the players track it. Like, you could have a clipboard that they pass down, and then you're also getting some feedback, some instant feedback from players. When they write down, you know, I'm just going to throw out a number, and if you don't know the, the, the scale, like a seven is what you want. You want to hunt seven. So if a player hunts on a seven, and you're like, well, that was a five. Then you kind of see that that player might, you know, need a little coaching up on what is a shot selection. and They have range, rhythm, room um So track what you want to improve. It could be like we really need to do a good job of limiting, you know, offensive rebounds. So I'm going to track how many, you know, offensive rebounds other team has. And again, it could be a parent in the stands. Uh, something I I prefer like instant feedback. I've had players on the bench do it or an assistant, and it's just usually tracking one thing, you know, maybe one offense, maybe one defense, no more than that. um But that's what we want to improve on. So. We're going to track how many offensive rebounds our team gets. So, and then I can give them feedback. They can get feedback at halftime and we can talk about not just, Hey, they're getting offensive rebounds. Why are they getting offensive rebounds? Maybe it's because we're getting beat off the dribble and we're having to help and we're constantly in scramble. A lot of times coaches like we're getting, we are be getting beat on the glass because we're not boxing out. Well, maybe it's because your closeouts are bad. So you're getting beat off the dribble. So you got to look at those factors, but it gives you something to um, allow the players to focus on. And it gives you some feedback um, if, you, if you track you know, like one or two things that you want to improve uh, during summer scrimmages. So I don't know if you got any feedback on that one. Let me know.
0: I think the point of emphasis is huge. You know, I have a point of emphasis, as you mentioned, you know, one offensively, one defensively. Uh, it's really good. And I think the challenge for us as coaches is to get away from that when something else goes wrong. And so to have the discipline as a coach to say, hey, we're emphasizing offense, getting the basketball up quick in transition. So you're, that's where we're going to go in. We've got this five-game five, uh, five game, you know, weekend, shootout, whatever it is. We're emphasizing getting the basketball out in transition, get it with the pass, get it over half court, push and push and push. In. And then all of a sudden you start to turn the basketball over. All of a sudden you start to throw a pass that's over somebody's head. You lead somebody too much. It leads to a quick shot. And so now you have the discipline to say, hey, the most important thing for us going into the scrimmage was to make sure we're emphasizing getting the basketball up and transition. But now that some things start to go wrong, now do you start to pull it back and say, Hey, you shouldn't have passed that one. Hey, you were going too fast, right. On, on that layup and you missed it. And you should have slowed down. And then you start picking kids apart on all these things because you emphasized going in, pushing transition, pushing transition, pushing transition. So, If pushing in transition is the big win for you, then let it be ugly in other areas because you're doing the thing that you challenge your kids to emphasize throughout the course of the scrimmage. And that's going to come with some bumps and some bruises and some times where it's going to be ugly. But I would bet if you let your kids consistently push in transition, push in transition, put in transition, they're getting a lot of reps, they're getting a lot of game situations and those things. And they're making a lot of mistakes in this scrimmage because of it they're going to learn a heck of a lot more during that time so that they're going to get better throughout that weekend, right? They're going to be better for it as the season goes on. And so that's just the one thing, one piece that I would add to what you mentioned, great stuff and hold yourself accountable to stick into whatever that point emphasis can be throughout
1: the course of year. I think that's really, or scrimmage I should say, whatever it might be is really important. Oh, I agree. And I kind of have like on our list, you know, three and four are very similar. You know, three for me was track what you want improved and four was give each scrimmage, uh, you know, a purpose or focus. And those, I guess, can kind of almost be, you know, one um, where you're giving them a focus or, um, you know, a purpose for that scrimmage. It could be like paint touches. Hey, we need to get, you know, paint touches. It might be your focus, but you might want to track it too. Yeah, no, that's a great point. You know, if you can't can't track it, that's fine. You still can focus on it and like say, hey, we want to get paint touched. We want to play inside out. Um, I think, I guess, if I, you know, the next step would be to track it if you have somebody, they can do how many paint touches or if you have a clipboard on the bench, but those kind of run hand in hand and then review them, you know, give that feedback to the players and hopefully they understand, Hey, when we got, you know, in maybe you're playing quarters, you know, maybe it's a half, we got five more paint touches. This half. it led to eight more points or we got seven more, you know, or we, you know, gave up six less offense rebounds at scrimmage and look at what we did. Look at how we held the other team. So things that you can give them feedback on and, you know, help them kind of understand that focus or that purpose and then review them. Um, and that way players kind of know instead of focusing on a million things going in that scrimmage, they really narrow in on those things.
0: I think that's that's a great, that's a great tidbit. For my next one, I'm going to switch gears a little bit. You, I put I'm putting my entrepreneur, my self-employed, small business owner hat on here. And let's talk about fundraising for a moment. I think that there's a lot of crappy fundraisers out there, okay? Um, I think that a lot of times I see teams doing it during the season, which is is not wrong. I think there's great ways to do it in season and people thinking about basketball season. So I'm not saying that's wrong. But sometimes if you kind of get behind the eight ball, you're just going to do whatever fundraising you can for your program at a certain time when it may not be the best time. Maybe you're fighting for a league championship. Maybe you're going into districts. Oh yeah. Hey, hey, we're trying to raise some money for the program, sell these uh, tickets to McDonald's or whatever it is. Right. And, you know, I remember uh, one year, my brother was selling tickets. They were like $25 to all these local restaurants. I was like, one, I don't want to go to McDonald's because that's like punishment. If I got to eat McDonald's, I mean, something went wrong in my day if it ends up, I have to eat some McDonald's, right? So that does that, not happen. I was like, can I just give you some money? Can I just give you some money if that's what you want? You need some money for the program? More than happy to give money for these tickets. So, you know, end up giving them the money. And then I get these tickets to a place that I don't even live. They're like these local restaurants. And then I give them the tickets back. So, hey, you know, help help yourself have some fun uh, with with this. But there's better ways to do it. So I'm going to share with you this quick story. I live in Myrtle Beach. If you head south on Highway 17 towards Georgetown, there is a car wash, okay? There's a and summer's coming up so you could do a car wash, right? There's this car wash and next to it is a hot dog stand, okay? Now, I've never been to this place, but it's always busy. I don't know if these businesses are connected or if they're different, but there's always people. You like you you pull up to the car wash place and they got some workers there. But you it looks like the people are also getting out of their car and they're helping wash the car with the, the workers that are around. And then there's like this little hot dog stand next to it. I don't know, but in my mind, this is what happens. Okay. You go to get your car washed, Coach Tro, right? You can you can wash your car. They will come out and help you wash your car. But while you washing your car, say it's five dollars, I don't know. You also get a hot dog, right? So you 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 go to the car wash, they're helping you wash your car. You get this delicious roadside hot dog, okay? Ketchup, mustard, whatever you like to do. I just just give me mustard, right? And it's an experience, right? It's an experience because, hey, you got your car wash. These friendly people came to help you wash your car. Hey, you know what? I'm just gonna you know have a snack. I'm gonna have this little hot dog. I'm gonna chat it up for a second, and then I'm gonna be on my way with my day. Now. I don't know if I've made up this business and it's just coincidence that they're next to each other. And, and maybe that's planned and by design, maybe not. I, I have no idea, I gotta go to this place and, and find out. But this is my idea for our listeners. What if you set up a hot dog car wash, right? Where, hey, come in, you know, the team is by, is by the gas station or whatever, we'll wash your car, it's X amount of dollars and maybe it's just a donation. And you got somebody on the grill, flipping the hot dogs, and you give them a hot dog while they're going. Who wouldn't want that, right? I want to support your basketball program just because you're doing something like that. So think of ways that you can be creative, have a little fun, because when I think of fundraising, I think that it's really important for every program. I think a lot of coaches hate it. I understand. Um, But I also think that it's a great opportunity for team bonding and team building if it can be done the right way. Like, nobody wants to walk around at Thanksgiving and be like, hey, Aunt, Aunt Nikki, uh, who I only see a couple times out of the year, can you give me 25 bucks and here's a coupon to a bunch of restaurants that you don't live near? Nobody wants to do that, right? But if you do it in a way where, hey, this is a team building, it's a team bonding experience, right? The players are laughing, they're having a good time. Able to get outside and spend some time with one another, you're kind of getting two birds with with one stone, and uh, maybe making some memories along the way.
1: Oh, that's that's good. First, I'm gonna I gotta call you out. So you're okay with eating hot dogs, but not McDonald's, like Kogels, baby. Kogles. <laughs> okay, so these are quality hot dogs. Uh, yeah, I I didn't know that. I'm sorry. I just you know, hot dogs to me are made up of uh, everything left over, uh, lips, and you know all that stuff. But uh, I just had to I, had to, I was curious.
0: No, I, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm specific, you know, I'm, I'm specific. Listen, I, I understand the levels of hot dogs. I lived overseas and they, what we even have to eat hot dogs. They don't even exist overseas, right? This, what we call brats, they call hot dogs. And, okay. and what are like brats over there? They don't even exist over here. There's like no such thing. Like that, you know, there's, there's levels to this. I get it. But, you know, every once in a while you, you get a hot dog on the grill. That's, that's pretty good.
1: Yeah, I'll eat them all the time. I'm not, I'm just saying it was it was interesting, but um, and I did not know that overseas hot dogs were you know so so high quality. Um, but anyway, let's, let's move on from hot dogs. I love the idea of combining like team building and your fundraiser, um, because like you said, that's where guys and girls get to have fun, be around each other, it's where inside jokes are made, you know, goofy things happen, and I, I love that idea of doing that. And in the, in the summer too, it's less, you know, there's less on your plate. Um, So it's a fabulous idea that I haven't even thought of. So hopefully coaches, you know, take, take advantage of that idea, run with it. Um, You know, if you got, if you don't have anything else, I'm going to go on to the next point I have on the sheet, which is um, kind of similar to what we've been talking about a little, but review, reflect and give feedback. And there's a couple of different ways to do that. So it could be player to player feedback meaning, you know, I tell you coach Kramer, Hey, you know, my focus for this next scrimmage is I really want to work on my closeouts or my focus for this next scrimmage is I want to get into the paint, create for others. Or my focus is I want to make sure I'm catching the ball ready to shoot. Now you're holding me accountable to that. And then you tell me what your focus is. And I watch you. And this is good. I like doing this. I've done it before. I'm um, even in practices. Um, but, they're, now they're coaching up each other instead of one or two coaches coaching 10 or 12 players. You got, you know, 12 or 10 or 12 coaches, players coaching each other. And um, what what I also like about it is, you know, you can build relationships. So you can put players with whoever you want, however you see fit. So I could put a senior with maybe that sophomore that's coming up from JV and kind of be that mentor for that. So that's one way to do it. It could be coach to player, meaning every player goes around and shares what their focus is before that scrimmage. Or maybe it's, like you're going to play like three games that day. Say, Hey, this, this is my focus for these next three games, one on offense, one on defense. So then as a coach, I can give that player specific feedback to what their focus is and they can improve on that thing and they can learn and they can get better at that. Um, So that's just a couple things uh, for feedback. Also, you know, as, as a, as a coach, you want to get feedback from your players. You ask me, hey, what can I do better? How can I be better for you in, the, in these last couple of scrimmages? Maybe you ask them at the end of the day, how can I be better? And also, I encourage coaches, you know, I encourage everyone to journal, to write down notes so you can reflect on those notes. And, you know, a lot of things is just what went well um, and what can, I, what can I improve on. If you, if you focus on those two things, good things are going to happen. So, again, that's just reflect as a coach during these scrimmages, during the summer basketball. Um, and provide feedback for your players. So, any thoughts?
0: The level of communication that you break down and, and that I know for, you know, we've known each other for a while now, the level of communication that you have with your players is, is elite, it, you know, it really is. Not, and I'm careful how much I use the word elite because it's very overused. Um, you have open lines of communication. You have clear cut standards, principles, non as you as you mentioned, with your players. And you're open to holding one another accountable, not just coach to player, but player to player, coach to coach, and that player-coach relationship that goes both ways. And I just think that in life in general, when there's not as much communication as there should be, a lot of times it's easy, it's human nature for us to go to the negative, right? We think worse of something that it may actually be. We think maybe somebody thinks worse of us than they actually do. But for us to be upfront, to be honest, to be a, a little uncomfortable, get ourselves out there and be able to get some of that communication and accountability on a certain thing. Like you mentioned, you know, closeouts, for example, you know, maybe it's blocking out whatever that thing that we want someone else to hold us accountable. If we're open, we're honest about that. I think great things, only great things are going to come out of it. Uh, we're going to grow in a lot of different ways, not just how we execute on the court, but I, th- I think the team building aspect of what you just mentioned is huge, huge, huge. Can't say enough about it. I know you could do a great job with, with those things. Uh, the proof is in the pudding from that aspect. And I think it develops some of the relationship pieces that you have with some of the players that you've coached, you know, that, that are graduating, they're in college, whatever that might be. Uh, that goes a long way in that area as well. So uh, props to you just knowing, you know, that, that is something that you you've emphasized and, and you, you really try to lock in on. I love that. One thing that I wanted to finish out with was, goes back to the POE, the points of emphasis that you mentioned during some scrimmages. And I'm thinking the same thing, big picture. You're trying as a coach with our Coach's Edge membership. We've talked about developing a coaching guide. Each year, you're going to have a little different coaching guide with what your pillars of play are. What are the things that you're going to hang your hat on this upcoming season? And my hope is, as you go through the month of June, you're able to really hone in on what are the things that are going to make us successful? What are the things that we're going to have to do all the time at a high level so that we can be successful during the season? And so I put together a mock-up coach's guide, and then we're actually sending one without my, with my examples and then one without my examples, so coaches can fill in their own of the things that they want to emphasize. So with this imaginary team. I put together, okay, what what are my pillars of play? What are the things that I want to emphasize of how we're going to play? And say, okay, we're we're going to run a four-out, one-in motion offense. So talking about spacing, talking about the driving, the actions, whether that's some of our practices, trying to implement those during the game. What are we really going to hang our hat on defensively? This could mean we're maybe losing some scrimmages, right? Because we have some weaknesses thrown in here. And if we're really going to emphasize man-to-man, picking up and pressuring the basketball, That's what we're going to do during, during our scrimmages. Okay. If we want to emphasize, I mentioned before transition offense, that may mean we're turning the basketball a little over a little bit more than we want to in transition. But I know that's something that we're going to hang our hat on. That's going to be a staple for how we play when the basketball season comes around. So we're going to emphasize that during our summer set of basketball. And then you can get a little more specific with what that's going to look like from your four phases of the game, half court offense, half court defense, transition offense, transition defense, you get into your player development things and all, all that different nature. But to start for our coaches that are listening, what are two, three, I'd say four things maximum that you really want to hone in and say, this is going to be a staple for our basketball team next year. And win or lose, pretty or ugly, during some of our games, we are going to emphasize these specific things because I know in the long run, it's going to help us. Be more effective
1: oh that's it's good and i'm looking forward to you know that that guideline i guess they'd call it there's the curriculum coming out um, to help coaches out including myself of our pillars of play and our focuses and our points of emphasis um, and i think it kind of gives coaches kind of a north star focus on um, especially during summer basketball there's so many different ways you go because it's usually kind of messy it's kind of sloppy it's kind of ugly so instead of trying to chase like four different rabbits here, um, you can focus in on what do you think is going to help you be successful as a team. And as coach, as a young coach, I've made that mistake, and I still make a mistake trying to focus on too much. Um, and then you know we don't get better at anything. All right. So I think that's that's huge, and it's awesome that you're coming out with that for the the coaches edge member. Looking forward to it. Um, that being said, uh, the last one on my list. I um, I believe this rounds out 10 for us. So uh, our top 10 uh, would be connect, 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 connect. And as a coach, it's so easy. You know, you're at a shootout all day. Um, you're at a team camp and, and you're there from nine in the morning till, you know, four in the afternoon. And you usually have downtime. It's so easy during that downtime to be on your phone, to talk with your assistants, to just go talk to another coach and they haven't seen in a while, but it's more beneficial if you spend some time with your players and it doesn't always have to be about basketball, but it could be one-on-one where you talk to somebody about basketball, Um, you know, things they need to improve, things they've done well. Um, It also could be at some time where you just kind of sit with with the, the boys or the girls that you coach and, you know, you just have fun with them, get to know them, you know, get down with them at their level. What are they doing? Are they just sitting on their phones? Are they, you know, playing games? There's that downtime. And I think if you maximize that, with some some It doesn't have to be anything organized um but just just anything to make it fun um and to connect with players during that time um can really pay dividends and build those relationships because ultimately if you build those relationships now then they continue through the summer and then the fall you're not starting a whole new relationship come november when your basketball starts you have those you have those 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 bonds already built and that includes teammate to teammate. So anything that you can build in team time, I actually did a whole uh, kind of um, a video on uh, some team building activities that's on the coach's edge that coaches could use to you know have connect their teams better. And you know, as as we know, you know connected teams just they perform better. Um, and I think it's also important that they feel like they're part of a team and like there's a level of vulnerability. And they know that mistakes are okay. I think that's important to implement. I mean, mistakes are okay besides your non-negotiables, like your effort and your attitude. We never make mistakes in those. But really, you know, connect with your players and not just about basketball, about life. Have fun with them. You know, think of fun games. We used to just play games in the car, um, you know, as as we're driving. Um, So things, anything like that to um, connect with players and build relationships. Or have a hot dog and a car wash fundraiser. (laughs) Bam. Team, building. <laughs> Boom. team building
0: right there. I love it. The care factor, man, it's is the, is the care factor, how you connect with, with your players is, is huge building those bonds. Perfect time during the off season. I mean, listen, I, I just think of, I'm imagining a coach, like in your mind, everything that we mentioned, I'm trying to think of a coach. Like what if uh, you were a coach and you didn't do any of the things that we just talked about, right? What if you didn't communicate with your players at all? And you like, Hey, it's basketball season. We're starting practice. You know, how was your summer? Did you play? Like, imagine you didn't know anything about your kids. Imagine how. What I would think would be such an awful experience for those players, right? Going in, coach just shows up at the beginning of the season. Blah blah blah. You run your stuff. Okay, season's over. Boom. See you next year. You graduated. Hey, thanks for nothing. You know, have a good life. Like, I mean, what what a terrible experience that that sounds like. Don't be that guy. Don't be that girl who's coaching the game and that invest. Right. And in, invest. And it doesn't mean, you know, you're burning the midnight oil, you know, being, you know, full time. And what is a job that you're doing just because you love it. Right. It, it's something you're passionate about coaching high school basketball. Be smart about it. But listen, when your kids know that you care about them, things go a really long way. And as you mentioned, you pointed out a couple of things. If you're present, the present factor goes a really, really long way. Everybody picks up on that. Right. Adults. Especially kids, right? They know when somebody's actually present, when they're paying attention, when they're listening, body language, eye contact, just the energy about them. They're like, I'm 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 glad I'm here, right? As I'm talking with Coach Stroschak and we're sitting down and having a meal, he's going to be able to tell, Am I thinking about whatever I'm going to do after I'm sitting down with lunch? Or am I present with Coach Troshak? I'm really interested in the conversation that we have because I am, right? And your your players can can feel that type of vibe from you. And that goes really really long way. so that's our 10 tips for dominating the summer of basketball from as you mentioned from hot dogs to you know the the you know different ways that we're able to find points of emphasis different things we're able to do from player development building our culture looking for feedback and being open with one another a ton of great stuff right here and coach drew i don't know if you knew this but may is when we started the coach's edge in 2020 right? So it's kind of just over a two-year anniversary of the Coach's Edge podcast. Tell me, what, what are your thoughts on the podcast? Because we started this thing with the couple interviews that you and I did together. You've obviously been on more episodes than anybody else. You know, thoughts, experiences, takeaways from two years of the Coach's Edge?
1: Um, my initial takeaway is you've gotten a lot better at these and I've stayed the same. Probably, maybe. Even pretty, <laughs> I guess. Um, disagree, disagree. Just- just listening to your podcast, like this morning, driving, you know, I think in how far we've, we've come. And basically it started out with just your idea. And I remember you mentioning like, it's so hard to explain because it's just like, it's not there. It's like this, it's a skeleton that we're trying to piece together um, into this, this thing that what we're trying to build this. And so it's kind of hard to, it's kind of abstract to, to wrap mine around, but you know, it, it's fun looking back and, you know, Basically, you know, the relationships with other coaches, has been awesome, you know, listening to other coaches, learning from other coaches, um, and just the podcast is just great at it. Being able to, you know, talk and conversate with yourself or listening to you talk to another coach has been beneficial to my growth as, you know, a coach, and it, it's been a lot of fun, and I'm just um, really blessed and thankful to be along for that ride, so thank you.
0: It's been a ton of fun. I don't think the podcast would be nearly as good without having you as a vital piece of it. And even more so with coach's edge.coach and being a part of that membership and the resources and the conversations and, and the dialogue that we're able to have amongst one another with all of our coaches edge members. Um, I know I'm a much better coach because of it. And that's been really cool because I remember over, just over two years ago, having this conversation with you and I was like, Hey man, I've been thinking about some things. And it involves this, this website that coaches get a membership to, and we provide all these resources to them, whether it's player development, athletic development, strategy, culture, team building, program development. But there's going to be this podcast that goes along with it, and it's going to kind of complement the site, but it's also going to be its own thing. We're going to have guests, and you and I are going to get on, we're going to talk basketball, and none of it exists. But it's gonna happen, all right. And what do you think? And you're just kind of going along, and, and obviously you having unbelievable ideas. This specific podcast episode is an example. This was your idea to do this this specific show. Awesome stuff. So we wouldn't be here with, without you. So I'm grateful for you and all of our listeners and all of our coaches Edge members. So we wish you guys an awesome, awesome summer of June. This is the last one that we are recording the month of May before we get into a big month of basketball for every coach in the country is is really concentrating on improving their players and their program the month of June so we wish you the very best Um, you know put the players first serve them uh, you know lead them in a way that uh, you know you're serving as a role model Um, it's much more than than basketball with all the kids and and you guys all know all know that that's why you're listening to the podcast you want to get better in all those specific areas so coach Joe thank you to our listeners thank you to our coaches edge members. Thank you. As always, get after today.